How can a young man cleanse his way? That is the question of Psalm 119 and verse number 9, and it's an excellent question. The Bible commands for Christians to be pure, to live holy lives, flee, uh, flee youthful lusts, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 22. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. Be holy, for I am holy, Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44 and 45, and 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 and following. It is a requirement for Christians to be holy, to be pure, to be spiritually clean. But it's a struggle sometimes because we live in a world that is very much unclean, a world that is very much defiled and stained with sin, and there are temptations and the devil's tools are all around us. So how can a young man cleanse his way? Spiritual cleanliness is something that is a struggle for young people, but it's a struggle for older ones too. At times during our life, we, are, uh, we struggle to, to live up to the call, the moral purity that we find within the pages of Scripture. Now, the question that the psalmist asked, by the way, in this verse, does not presuppose that the psalmist is a young person. Rather, the idea is that he is someone who has a desire to teach those who are young. And as we go through the verses of this stanza, what we find is that he seeks to ingrain in the minds of every person that what we ought to do is we ought to build a habit of seeking to be morally pure, spiritually clean from the youngest age possible. Because the habits that we begin to build in our youth will continue on as we grow and as we age. Our purpose in life is to glorify God. Let all you do be to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31 says, that includes our youth, that includes every year of our lives, and that demands moral purity. But how do we do it? Psalm 119 verse 9 through 16 will help us to answer that question. We find this section, of course, within the longest psalm in the Bible, in the book of Psalms. And the entirety of the psalm, as we mentioned last week, is a psalm that exalts and extols the Word of God. So the central idea of Psalm 119 verses 9 to 16 is this. The purity that comes from hiding God's Word in our hearts. The purity that comes from hiding the word of God in our hearts. Jesus said, you are clean through the word that I have spoken to you. John chapter 15 and verse number 3. Jesus prayed, sanctify them. Holify them, if you will. I just made that word up. Make them spiritually clean through the truth. John 17 verse 17, for your word is truth. You see, the word of God is powerful, Hebrews 4 and verse number 12. And the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, that we purify our hearts through our obedience to the truth. So if we want to live spiritually clean lives, 
It's going to be because we apply the word of God to our lives and because we hide it in our hearts. So the psalmist asked the question in Psalm 119, verse 9, how can a young man cleanse his way? And then he answers the question with eight things. Eight things in Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16, that will help to answer the question as to how we can be spiritually pure. Number one, spiritual purity is attained by taking heed to the word of God. He says, how shall a young man cleanse his way? And then he says, by taking heed according to your word. Psalm 119, verse number 9. Look at the phrase, taking heed. The literal definition of the wording is to watch or to guard or to obey. And it might interest you to note that this particular word or phrase is the second most common way to denote obedience in the entirety of the Old Testament. So the answer then is, how can a young person be spiritually clean? How can anybody be spiritually clean? The answer, number one, is to obey the word of God. I'm reminded of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. We live in a world that says, enjoy your youth and worry about God later. But God says, enjoy your youth and worry about me right now at the same time while you're enjoying it. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1 puts it this way, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. We need to recognize that the habits that we create now will carry us on through life. It's a lot easier, I think, if you ask someone who's older, who's more advanced in age, It's a lot easier to start something in youth that will become second nature as you age. It's easier to start it while you're young than it is to start it while you're older. So young people, you need to make sure that you have a habit of reading God's Word, of memorizing God's Word, of enjoying the fellowship of God's people, of faithfully attending the worship of God's people. We need to make sure that in our youth we begin to ingrain these habits and these, uh, these uh, things within our life because these are the things that are going to help us not only while we're young, but they're going to help us as we age as well. They're going to help us to be spiritually pure. How can a young man cleanse his way? Spiritual purity comes, number one, by taking heed to God's word, by grabbing hold of it and by obeying it. By building the habits of obedience today that will live on and carry us on throughout our life. Number two, look at verse 10. Spiritual cleanliness comes from devotion to God's word. Spiritual cleanliness comes from devotion to God's word. We saw this last week in Psalm 119, verses 1 and following, particularly verse number 2, blessed are those who keep his testimonies and who seek him with the whole heart. But this time, notice that we're not just, uh, we're not just uh, seeking him with the whole heart, uh, uh, verse 2, but verse number 10, we are seeking the word of God with our whole heart. Listen to Second Chronicles chapter 15 and uh, verse number 15. In this passage, the scripture says that all Judah rejoiced at the oath that had been sworn that they had made. And listen to why. 
because they had made this oath with all of their heart, and they had sought the Lord with all of their soul, and he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest from all around. Now, when we talk about seeking the word of God or being completely and entirely devoted to the word of God, We're not talking about just making sure that we read our section in the daily Bible reading calendar and then going on our way. We're not talking even about making sure that we memorize a verse just for the sake of memorizing or just for the sake of reading so that we can raise our hand in the daily Bible reading plan. What we're talking about is giving a great effort into not just knowing God's word intellectually, but to being able to apply God's word to our lives and getting ourselves to the point where we love the word of God and if we go a day without reading it or a day without studying it or a day without thinking about it, something feels off. We just don't feel right because we are wholeheartedly and completely devoted to knowing and loving and appreciating the word of God. One commentator said on this passage that devotion to God's word means to look for God's place and the application of God's will in every action of life. I'll say it again, to look for God's place and the application of God's will in every aspect of life. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wonder from your commandments, he says. And the idea of that passage is to carefully examine every area of our life. Our interaction with our family at home. The entertainment choices that we make. How we conduct ourselves at work. The thoughts that we allow to go through our minds and the words that we allow to come through our mouths. The decisions that we make about how we're going to conduct our lives and how we're going to run our family. How we're going to spend our money and everything else. Everything about our life ought to be run through the filter of the word of God. And we ought to see how we can apply the will of God to every area of life. Spiritual purity will follow suit. Number three, how can we be spiritually pure? First, by taking heed to God's word, by obeying it. Second, by being wholeheartedly devoted to God's word. And third, by hiding God's word. Look at verse number 11. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, When the psalmist says, your word I have hidden in my heart, he is literally talking about memorizing the word of God. And it might interest you to note that this particular terminology, the wording that he uses, is actually found several times also in the book of Proverbs. Like, for example, Proverbs chapter 2 and verse number 1, Solomon says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments with you, our word is treasure. He says later in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse number 1, My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments with you. It's the same word in Psalm 119 verse number 11. And the writer is literally talking about memorizing the word of God. Now what that tells me is that spiritual purity is a reality if I really put in the effort to hide God's word in my heart or in my mind. 
Now, sometimes memorization can be hard, and you might be thinking, well, you know what, I I don't think that I can memorize. It's just too difficult for me. But I would challenge you to think carefully about that. Because I know that there are a lot of us who can go in the kitchen and can cook a recipe without ever having to look at a recipe card or a recipe book. And that's because we've done it so many times that we've memorized it. I know that there are a lot of us who can open up the hood of our vehicle and we can tinker around and we can fix something under the hood and we don't have to look at a manual or uh, the PDF file anymore. We don't have to look at a YouTube video anymore, I should say, because we've done it so many times that we know already how to do it. You see, we memorize things in life when we do them over and over and over again. We just, maybe we don't realize that's what we're doing. Memorizing God's Word is something that everybody can do. We all have the ability to memorize. Admittedly, it might be more difficult for some than others, but the key is repetition. And if we will read it, and if we will speak it out loud, and if we will write it over and over again, whatever it takes, however we have to do it enough times, we'll be able to memorize the Word of God. Now, here's a question. What would be the value in memorization? Look at the second part of the passage he tells us. He says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you remember that Paul said that the sword of the spirit is the word of God? You see, God's word is our weapon for defeating the devil. God's word is our weapon for being able to overcome temptation. After all, that's what Jesus did, you remember, in Matthew chapter 4. Three times in that chapter, the devil tempted Jesus, and three times Jesus answered by saying, it is written. What Jesus did is he harnessed the power of Scripture as a weapon that he used in order to defeat the uh, temptation that Satan laid before him. The psalmist said in Psalm 37 and verse number 31, speaking of the, of the righteous person, that the law of God is in, is in his heart and none of his steps shall slide. Or he, he'll never slip. That's the idea. Spiritual purity comes whenever we memorize God's word. Whenever we make it a part of who we are so that when temptation comes, we like Jesus can say it is written. We can think about passages that we've memorized or read. We can quote them out loud. We can ponder them. We can replace the the evil that the, the devil is trying to tempt us with, with the good that we've learned from the word of God. What this passage is teaching us is that we put the best thing, that's God's word, hidden in the best place, that's our heart, and it's for the best purpose, so that we might not sin against the Lord. Spiritual purity comes by hiding God's word in our hearts. Number four, spiritual purity comes by listening to God's word. He says in verse number 12, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. One of the things that impresses me as I study through Psalm 119 is the incredible desire that the psalmist has to learn God's word. For example, look at verse 26 and 27. He says, I have, decla- I have declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate in your wonderful works. Look at verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes and I shall keep it to the very end. 
Look at verse 64. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. Verse 71, it is good that I have been, a good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. You see, over and over again, the psalmist in many different ways says, I want to listen and I want to learn. There was a great yearning within his heart to know more of the word of God. And there ought to be that same yearning within us. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 15 and verse 16, your words were found, were found to me and I did eat them and they became unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Matthew 5 and verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. 1 Peter 2 and verse number 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow. If we're going to be spiritually pure, if we're going to be holy as he is holy, then that's going to require having a desire to listen and to learn, to know more and more of the word of God. Number five, how can a young man cleanse his way? First, by taking heed to God's word, verse number nine, by obeying it. Second, by being devoted to God's word. Third, by hiding or memorizing God's word, hiding it in the heart. Fourth, by listening to God's word. And fifth, by proclaiming God's word. Look at verse 13. With my lips I have declared all of the judgments of your mouth. You know, you may not realize this, but teaching God's word is one of the best ways to learn. If you've never taught before or if you've never studied in order to teach Let me encourage you to to do that. Let me encourage you to talk to one of the elders or talk to Brother Branion who oversees the Bible classes and tell them, I want to be able to teach because when you sit down and you study God's word in order to prepare to teach a Bible class, I think you'll find that you will learn more than you have ever learned before. Teaching the word of God is one of the best ways to learn and Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. The servant of the Lord, that's all of us, must be gentle and must be able to teach. That tells me that it is the responsibility of every Christian, at least to some degree, to be able to teach God's word to somebody else. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, the Hebrews writer condemns the Christians because they should have been to the point where they were able to teach and they were not. Hebrews 5 and verse number 12. So the psalmist says in Psalm 119 and verse 13, with your lips or with my lips rather, I have declared all of the judgments of your mouth. The way that we can be spiritually clean is by proclaiming God's word. Because when we proclaim it to others, it helps us to learn it and to apply it better. Number six, spiritual cleanliness comes from rejoicing in God's word. Look at verse number 14. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. The word rejoice in this passage brings to mind really the idea of memory, of remembering. It is a natural thing for us to remember and to rejoice in those things that are pleasant 
and to forget those things that are painful. We try to remove difficult experiences from our minds. If studying the Word of God is a painful and arduous process for us, it's never going to be something that we remember and it's never going to be something that brings us joy. But what I want us to see tonight is that the psalmist finds joy and delight in the Word of God because he values it so much. For example, look at verse 127. In verse 127, he says of God's word, Therefore I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, more than fine gold. Look at verse 162. He says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I don't have to tell you that we live in a country that values a great economy. A country that is full of stories of people who have started from nothing and have worked their way up to being millionaires. Worked their way to being very successful people. We know in this country what it is to value treasure, to value wealth, to value the things that this world contains. And we know about the happiness that those things can bring on occasion, even if it lasts just for a few moments. But notice that the psalmist is ascribing not just happiness that that comes and goes, but real, true joy. He is ascribing that to the Word of God. Here's the point. When we learn to value God's Word, when we learn to, to see it for what it really is, when we know that it is more important and worth more than anything this world has to offer, then it will begin to bring us joy. When we read it, we'll find joy. When we think about it, we'll find joy. When we hear it proclaimed, we'll find joy. God's word will bring joy to our lives. And when we rejoice in God's word, we'll be able to be spiritually clean. Number seven, look at verse 15. I will meditate in your precepts and contemplate your ways. Spiritual cleanliness comes by meditating on God's Word. We saw this last week, the beginning psalm of the book of Psalms, Psalm 1 and verse number 2. The blessed man is the one who meditates in God's Word both day and night. And it's interesting to note Luke 2 and verse number 19, where the Bible speaks of Mary and how she had a conversation, or how she, uh, uh, rather, uh, she held the information that had been given to her in her heart. And the Bible says that she, she thought about it. She contemplated it regularly. So when we talk about meditating in God's Word, remember that meditation involves two parts. Number one, it involves the churning of the information over and over again in our minds. We read the passage of Scripture. We think about the passage of Scripture. We try to define the words. We try to understand what those words mean. We memorize it. We, we just turn it around over and over and over again. But then second, we look for ways to apply whatever passage of Scripture it is that we're thinking of to our lives. So the blessed man of Psalm 1, the spiritually clean man of Psalm 119, He is the man who regularly thinks about God's word and looks for ways to apply God's word to his life. I want to encourage each one of us to, if if we're not doing it already, to make a point to engage in a daily meditation of the word of God. 
Now, that doesn't mean just reading God's Word. It doesn't even mean just trying to memorize a passage of Scripture. It means taking time to sit down and think carefully about it. What does it mean? How does it apply to my life? What are some specific areas in my life in which I can apply a passage that has to do with joy or a passage that has to do with hope? What are some specific areas in my life where I can apply a passage that has to do with overcoming temptation or the, the difficulty, the wickedness of sin? Whatever the case may be, I would encourage all of us to engage in this exercise daily. Again, it's not just reading. It's not just even memorizing, but it's thinking carefully about it and looking for ways to apply it. Finally, number eight, how does a person, how does a person uh, attain spiritual purity? By remembering God's word. Verse 16, look what he says. I will delight myself in your statutes and I will not forget your word. The word rejoice in verse number 14 referred to this exuberant festive joyfulness. But the word delight in verse number 18 has to do with a a settled pleasure. A settled pleasure. I will delight myself in your statutes, meaning from this point forward, I will always find gladness within your word. And in conjunction with that, I will not forget it. The idea is neglect. And he's speaking of uh, things in the future. From this point on, I will not neglect your word. Why would the psalmist find it so important to say, God, I will not neglect your statutes? Because he knows that spiritual cleanliness comes from remembering it from not neglecting it, but to studying it and learning it and, me- and meditating upon it on a daily basis. How can we be pure? We sing the song sometimes, pure in heart, O God, help me to be. How can we be spiritually pure? Obey God's word, verse 9. Be devoted to it, verse 10. Hide it in your heart, verse number 11. Listen to it, have a desire to learn it, verse 12. Teach it to others, verse 13. Find joy within it, verse 14. Meditate on it, verse 15. And remember it, verse 16. I want to point your attention to one more passage and then the lesson will be yours. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse number 19. The Apostle Paul writes something about cleanliness, about spiritual purity that I think is worthy of note. Listen to what he says. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 19. He says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master." prepared for every good work. What he's, what he's doing in those passages is he's, he's painting a word picture. When he talks about those vessels of honor and dishonor within a house, he's talking about like dishes, if you will. You have on the one hand your fine china, and then on the other hand you have paper plates. 
He says in each house you've got both of these, some to honor and some to dishonor. You have the the fine china and you have the paper plates. And he says, look, if we're going to be fit for the master's use, if we're going to be the fine china in the master's kitchen, then that means we're going to have to be pure. That means we're going to have to be clean. So notice he says, verse 19, depart from iniquity. And he says in verse number 22, flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, I don't know about you, but my desire is to be, is to be one who is fit, sanctified, and prepared for the master's use. And according to the passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2, that is dependent upon my willingness to be spiritually pure. And the psalmist tells us how we can do it. And it involves our embracing and our appreciation and our application of the Word of God. Tonight we offer the Lord's invitation, and maybe there's someone here that has a desire to respond. Are you a Christian this evening, but as you think about your life, you see that there are some, there's some impurity there? You've not been following and striving for holiness in the way that God would have you to do so. Is it because you have neglected God's Word in your life? Change it. Make it right. And if we can pray for you and help you to do it, then please come forward and let it be known why we